0: Good morning, and welcome to Crossroads. This is the first of several discussions we want to delve into women's health. It's an emerging category and one that is still largely undefined. Sally Mueller has agreed to join us today to talk about her company, Womanness, and trends that are shaping the category, as well as a bit of the background on how she founded the company and the development of her products. Sally is the co-founder and CEO of Womanus, a brand that is changing the conversation around menopause through innovative products that offer solutions from head to toe and everything in between. Through her own health journey, Sally founded the company due to a lack of products and resources for women past a certain age. Womaness's mission is to change the cultural conversation around menopause and women's health. Before founding Womanness, Sally spent over two decades of her career at Target Corporation, first in merchandising and then in marketing. Sally, welcome. I appreciate your time this morning to talk a little bit about Womanness and your products. I wanted to kind of start off with a little bit of an intro to you and the business. You started this really out of a personal journey. So Maybe tell us a little bit more about how that evolved and what brought you to Womaness.
1: Thanks, Rusty. I'm glad to be here. So Womaness was really, as you said, born out of my own personal journey through menopause. I was in my late 40s, knew that I was in menopause, but didn't realize what I was experiencing was related to menopause. I thought menopause was just hot flashes. I was traveling across the U.S. I had a very demanding job. I was owning my own business at this point. And I was feeling anxious. I was not sleeping well, a lot of sleep disruptions, night sweats, low libido, just a lot of different issues. And I just wasn't feeling myself. And I finally, after about two years of ignoring slash kind of suffering through this, I decided to sign up for a physical at the Mayo Clinic, which is very close to my home in in Minnesota. And I found myself in this really interesting conversation with a female doctor that specialized in menopause. She educated me about all the symptoms of menopause and said, what you're experiencing are very common issues that a lot of her patients experience. I felt like I wasn't alone. I'm very thankful that she was so educated and such a good doctor in menopause. And at the end of the appointment, she recommended that I look at some products available on Amazon, just over-the-counter products. And I did that. I was shocked how dated these products were. Again, this was no disrespect to her taste level. It was the best she could really find out in the market. And these products were not made with clean formulations or the latest ingredients. And I thought to myself, I've spent my entire career building brands for millennials and other consumer needs and wants. I haven't tackled anything for women like myself. I didn't realize that there were 51 million women going through menopause at any given time. So it was just a huge opportunity. And it was really born out of the need to address the lack of product innovation, a modern clinically proven solution to menopause, the lack of education around menopause, and then the lack of inspiration. So there's so many women in this stage of life that are not being marketed to. We don't have the innovative products that millennials or Gen Z consumers have. Michelle, my co-founder, and I felt like it was time to celebrate this
0: woman. It sounds like you had a really unique experience. You had an excellent care provider that you know, talked to you through the various indications around menopause and what some of your options were. In talking with friends and family, that many women are given the old line that it's natural, this is part of life, just deal with it. It sounds like that's that's not the case, (laughs) that there are solutions out there. So as I think about womanness and, and kind of coming out of your conversation with your care provider, where did you start? What were the sort of types of products that you wanted to see in the marketplace, given your experience with some of these older products on Amazon?
1: What Michelle and I started to do was we knew we wanted to attack kind of the whole category of menopause. And we wanted to really address the major symptoms. So the major symptoms, your skin changes all over your body, obviously, night sweats, hot flashes, brain fog, low libido is a big issue, sleep issues, weight gain, hair loss. We really decided to focus on those major symptoms where we could make the biggest difference. We also confirmed the direction we were heading through focus groups. So we had focus groups in New York and Wisconsin and all over the US to really understand from women their biggest issues. And if they were designing a brand, how would they design it? And so coming out of those focus groups, we knew that we wanted to really hit the must haves. We wanted to focus on clinically proven ingredients that we knew that we could stand behind the efficacy of the product. And we wanted to make sure our product was affordable. So everything we ended up designing is, for the most part, around $27. Our highest price point is $40. And that's because women experience multiple symptoms, and they want to be able to afford to buy multiple products. A lot of what we created is really as a result of all that research and talking directly to the consumer.
0: That's really interesting. And something you said a a few moments ago, 51 million women it's a huge market opportunity. Why is it taken so long in your opinion? I mean, it's a little crazy to think that someone hasn't experienced some of the same symptoms that you have over their life, sort of decided, hey, this is a market that needs addressing. And oh, by the way, it's incredibly lucrative with a massive market size and women that are older that have spending power. What did you find was the gap there and, and why did that exist? I'm, I'm curious about that.
1: Well, I want to comment on the market size. So, Female Founders Fund did some research a couple of years ago, and they estimated the size of the overall menopause market at 600 billion. And that's a combination of products, services, medical care. Our size of the market, if you just think about over the counter products, we estimate to be about a $30 billion market. So, it's still massive. And I think the reason why it just had not been addressed is menopause was such a taboo topic. Women didn't feel comfortable talking about it. Their medical providers weren't talking about it. They weren't even educated in menopause. I mean, that's still really the case that medical providers don't feel comfortable talking about menopause. But what we found is women do want to talk about it. And that's why opening up the conversation around menopause and getting more awareness around that this is a natural transition in life, but you shouldn't have to just suffer in silence. And I think that's the biggest difference. And I think a lot of the tipping points have been around the Gen X consumer saying, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. I'm going to get to the bottom of it. I know that there's ways that I can feel better and treat these symptoms. And so there's just been such energy and a groundswell behind this movement over the last couple of years. And the press has been very, very cooperative in covering this topic. It is such a huge consumer opportunity.
0: As someone from Gen X, I think we've seen, myself included, a lot of folks sort of taking care into their own hands for better, for worse, maybe using the internet for initial research, but being a little more aware of options out there, which has been good for the consumer health industry and OTC in general. I don't think that's going to slow down anytime soon. In fact, it's probably only speeding up. What I find fascinating and kudos to you for, for taking this on is you're kind of creating a whole new category yes products existed but they are tired they are not talked about they probably reside somewhere in the bottom of someone's tail brands at at large organizations womanist is a leader in the space everyone i talk to knows the company everyone i talk to knows you and your co-founder so i'm curious not just developing products because that's difficult in its own right but developing products for a whole new category what's that been like
1: Well, it's been very interesting because it's all about usefulness. We want to make sure that we're providing products that are useful for her. And so the efficacy of those products is at the highest level and of paramount and of importance, I would say. I would say different than creating maybe products for a millennial or Gen Z. It's just so important that again, these products work. I know that sounds so simple, but you really have to understand what ingredients are going to make the biggest difference. You have to make sure those ingredients are at the most active levels. If you can't make a difference, you shouldn't pursue the particular product. It's helped us stay focused. We have 17 products today, and we're never going to be one of those brands that has 30 products because women, I think, are so overwhelmed with so much choice out there, and she just wants to know if something's going to work for her. And so that's really helped us stay focused and make sure we're hitting the must-haves and that each product is really designed for a particular symptom.
0: As someone who's really creating a category, you've got several constituencies that you need to educate. You've got clinicians need to be better educated on how to talk to their patients and and women about these issues. Consumers, making them feel comfortable with the products, but also the retailers. This is being a new category. How are you shaping your conversations with the retailers to make sure that your products and other products that could focus and, and help in kind of the treatment of symptoms around menopause don't just get get lost in, quote-unquote, a women's health aisle, which is a little bit of a catch-all. It feels like it needs to be pulled out better thought of from the retailer perspective to engage the consumer and make sure people are aware and all that kind of thing. How have those conversations gone? Have they been receptive? Is it, has it been a bit of an uphill battle? I'm just kind of curious what your experience has been.
1: Yeah, but you're right, Rusty. It's really educating different constituencies. I would say the consumer is really leading the movement and really setting the trend. And they're so much further ahead than the medical community and the retailers. I would see that the retailers are really lagging behind what the consumer has told us. So We do a lot of research with our customers, and because they're so engaged to begin with, they really do provide a lot of data to us, and we provide that data, those insights back to the the retail partners we work with. But women do want a section that they can go to to see menopause products. And they want that section to show the range, in our case, the head-to-toe solution that womanist provides because they don't always know what they're experiencing is related to menopause. So by seeing all the product together, they say, oh, wow, I am experiencing sleep issues, for example. I need a sleep supplement if they don't see it together, they're not always aware of what they're experiencing is really related to menopause. And they have told us that they are not going to go to a store and walk up and down all these aisles to curate their own solution. They don't have time. And I think that's why the e-commerce businesses are flourishing right now. I know we do extremely well on our own site and Amazon too, because Our experience is all curated, it's all pulled together. And most importantly, it's surrounded with educational information. I do think the retailers are poised to really create menopause sections. I think they all realize they have to. I think that the biggest issue is on a shelf how do you educate the consumer, especially in a self service environment? How do you wrap education around? Product. And it's not just for menopause. There's other health products out there that really require education. But I would say menopause is probably one of the most important categories to provide that and really connect product and education.
0: Do you find that any of the retail conversations you have lump you into, call it sexual wellness, meaning one of the symptoms of menopause is vaginal dryness? So you sort of get lumped into. Other types of lubricants, which are in it in their own aisle. Is that a challenge for you from the retailer and the consumer perception perspective? Of if retail becomes an important channel for you, that you're split between a couple different locations within the store, I guess, how are people changing their mindset to really kind of come and support menopause as a category, or do they still struggle and kind of? see it as, well, it's sexual wellness. It's, you know, women's health. I mean, how has that conversation been going?
1: I think what you're getting at is there's merchandising by category and there's merchandising by solution. And there's a trend in, I would say CPG and branding to provide these solutions and curate across category. That has been very difficult for a lot of the big brick and mortar retailers to break up all those planograms, as an example, and think about curating a lifestyle or a solution, I think retailers like Alta are in a much better position to figure this out because they're creating a wellness section. And then in within wellness, there's a menopause section, which we're in. It's really about carving out the space, calling out a destination for wellness, and then curating these solutions. It's a menopause solution for us, but it could be a sexual wellness solution for another type of millennial assortment. So it's different solutions that really need to be pulled together. And that's how the consumer wants to shop now. Again, they don't want to go up and down every aisle looking for problem solutions.
0: It's really interesting. One of the things that kind of occurred to me in our conversation is you're launching brand creating new products to to fill a need but there's also a lot of education that you're doing you're not the me too pain product so one of the th- things that i was thinking of is there's kind of a couple different gaps that you're you're looking to fill. One is kind of a knowledge gap, which is what is menopause? What does it mean? That's educating both the consumer and the clinician and maybe the retailer to an extent. There is a recent New York Times article about HRT which I thought was interesting because, you know, anything that creates awareness around a solution is always a good thing. The takeaway from the article that that I saw was there are solutions out there women just shouldn't be satisfied with the quote Live with it. There's sort of this knowledge gap that you're filling, but there's also the commercial gap that we just talked about the decisions from the retailers and how they are merchandising the products within their footprint, etc. Given those two factors, do you find womaness is kind of forced to be an advocate? Do you need to be a brand of advocacy? Is that a comfortable position for you? Some brands, some companies don't want to be there. They want to be a solution for a consumer, but given how much is still not known about menopause in terms of from a consumer perspective, do you find yourself sort of being forced into that position either by choice or not?
1: Yeah, I I think we are an advocacy. I think we're advocating for consumers to speak up to their doctors and demand better medical care. We're giving them a lot of tools on our blog. We cover, you know, top questions they should ask. We're also an advocate for them when it comes to retailers. We say we're not an activism company, we're an advocacy company because we do have to really empower women through education and through community to be able to feel like they have control over their own menopause experience, and that they're demanding better solutions, whether it's over the counter products that we offer or medical care that their doctor offers. And if they're not getting good results from their doctor, they need to find another doctor. So we really see the future when you think about the whole journey of menopause, a lot of a woman's issues can be solved through over the counter. In some cases, they also need HRT or other solutions. We're building relationships with the Mayo Clinic and HerMD, which is another clinic that is growing pretty quickly across the U.S. And we feel like there is a really interesting future where we're all working together to really help the woman all the way through the journey.
0: Well, that's exciting. And I guess last couple of questions for you. You know, as you look forward, you know, I think womanness is is a company to watch. I think it's going to be really exciting to see your growth continue. But I'm just kind of curious from you and and your partner as co-founders, what does success look like for you in, in terms of womanness and, and what do you think the future holds for womanness as kind of a leader in the category?
1: Well, I think success looks like we out of the fifty one million in in of women going through menopause in the u s, which is growing every year, that we're really attracting and building brand awareness with almost all of those women. I mean, that would be super successful. Today, we are only reaching a sliver. And we think success would look like reaching all of those women and making sure they're aware and educated about menopause and that they feel empowered to really take it upon themselves to figure out how to solve their issues and not suffer in silence. As I said, that's obviously a huge piece of our objective is to really be that leader in menopause. Of course, we really see that there's a huge financial upside to this business and it's as you said creating a new category and it takes a lot of brand awareness and education and investment up front. The success would look like in the next few years that we really have created this groundswell and that you start to really see the momentum build. But as you said, the the last year, the menopause conversation has dramatically changed. And I think in 2023, it's going to just continue to erupt in terms of coverage. And it's so exciting to be a part of it and be a leader in the space.
0: No, for sure. It's an exciting time. So thanks so much for joining us. We're really excited to have you here and look forward to future conversations around this as the business continues to scale. Like I said, we're pretty enamored with the brand. I mean, I think you're doing something unique, different, and it's not every day that you get to talk to a founder that's not just creating a brand, but creating a category. That journey is really interesting to us We've worked with large brands across different sectors, whether it's cough cold or women's health, et cetera, but they're generally large established brands and you don't really think about what went into the efforts to build those brands and categories. So it's been really lovely to talk to you and learn about that experience.
1: Thanks for the opportunity.